You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 172, where we will be discussing chapter two of City of Lost Souls, Thorns. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. What? what? Is, isn't that our soccer team? Our women's soccer team? Uh, yeah. yeah. The Portland Thorns. That's funny. Yeah. We're going to go to a Thorns game this summer. It's going to happen. Ooh. I have been telling Jason that I really want to go to a Winterhawks game for, like, years. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, dying. I, The idea of hockey – I've never watched hockey, but the idea of hockey and the violence therein is, like, so up my alley. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, this is my sport, like, for sure. We went to a couple Winterhawks games for work. It's fun to be there. I didn't know much exciting? of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is something okay, that's listen. on my list. Mm-hmm. Shelf this conversation. Tell us what we need to know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. So I had a question. I came across a TikTok. Well, it, multiple times. Are you, are you making fun of my double chin? No, we're no, looking my at own. our own. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, all of us matching. Our matching double chins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I saw this TikTok, and it was, like, one of those, like, weird, like, vice or complex videos where they, like, bring a bunch of people in and ask them questions and, like, okay. do weird stuff with them. So they were asking all these women if they would kill for their children. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that. And, like, all of them were like, no. And I was like, wait a minute. I feel like they didn't, like, phrase this question right. Like, I have I have questions. Mm-hmm. Because I come from a, a place where, like, I'll murder someone for anyone's child. Like, <laughs> let's square up. I'm ready to catch a charge. Like, absolutely fucking not. You're hurting somebody You're, like, kid. robbing someone's child. You're dead. <laughs> I'm just like I don't if someone's like hurting a kid and I yeah yeah, like I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna stop until you stop moving like I'm sorry yeah I agree with you it had to have been asked differently and or they asked people that don't have children they were like holding babies oh okay maybe I didn't see that and I was just like what is happening I guess it depends what it is like because I've had this you know Okay, it sounds weird if you don't have children, but if you do have children, I'm sure you've yeah. had this conversation before. Like, what would you do if, you know, if somebody really hurt your kid or whatever? And I was like, look, remember, you're better used to them alive and here instead of dead or in jail. Okay? Sure. You got to remember that. Yes. But at the same time, you press the rage button and then right. yeah, like don't like- know what you're doing. Yeah, like a scenario where someone hurt your kid, you didn't know, you found out about it, whatever, like, you're removed from the situation, then yes, you try to be logical, whatever, do whatever mm-hmm. you have to do to protect your child and bring justice and, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea of, like, someone being like, no, there's no circumstance where I would kill for my child. And I'm like, okay, I'm not saying that, like, my kid's like, that one. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, all right, let's let's go. Not like that. <laughs> But if I was in a situation where someone is actively hurting my child, yeah, I, I don't, there's uh-huh. no, or Trying any to drag child. him into a car. I'm grabbing a rock, bro. Right. We're going yeah. down. 
for right. any child. Like, it's not, I'm not, like, I'm the kind of person where when you see, like, little kids out, like, in the wild by themselves, I'm like, I stop and, like, wait of and yeah. make, wait until there's an adult around or, like, you know, I, I see them find their people because, right? I don't uh-huh. know. There's a lot of crazies out the there. And, once. yeah. Hmm? A little girl was lost. I had to at the mall. Yeah. And I I was with Audrey. And I was like, so it doesn't look super crazy. Like, you go up to her and ask her, like, mm-hmm. are you lost? Do you know where your parents are? Poor so. baby. That had to have been terrifying. My brother got lost at the state fair once. And we were with my dad. And I just kept repeating, my mom is going to be so mad. <laughs> my mom is going to be pissed. And my dad finally had to yell at me because, of course, he was already stressed out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. He just has seven-year-old Amanda just talking shit in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was a really relaxing day for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yes, Amanda, I know your mother's gonna have my balls." <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: Ben was fine. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. The very Uh. first time anyone other than Robin watched my kid, like family or Robin watched my kid, um, it was my employee. She took uh, my daughter with her kids to the uh, Rose Festival. And Bryn was like eight, seven, eight, right around there. Uh Um, And she lost Bryn. And so she she ended up finding her. They were, you know, the, like, security found her and, like, brought her to the tent or whatever. And so Angelica was, like, she's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, she's right there. And so they were asking Bryn questions, like, who were you with? What is she wearing? And Bryn was like, I don't know. (laughs) And so then Angelica sees her and she's like, Bryn. And Bryn's, like, being coy. And she's like, yeah, okay, fine. Like. That's so funny. Thankfully, she didn't call me to tell me that she had lost my kid until after she had found my kid. But yes. Good. Good idea. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah. I'm paranoid for a reason. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that was my question. Would you kill somebody for the sake of your child? And I think the resounding answer is yes, if needed. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. Um, my second question is, what is your favorite swear? Like, maybe not the one that you're like, oh, I really love that one, but maybe the one that you use the most often. Robin, what was that word that you used when you dropped something and Adriana repeated it? What do you mean? When she was like four. Fucking bitch or something like that. <gasps> I just remember that one, and it, it's that's that's a good one. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think it was fucking bitch. I don't know though. I mean, mine is son of a cunt, and I say it all the time. Okay. Whenever okay. I drop something, whenever I hurt myself, whenever, like, and the reason this this is the reason I. I had to write down this question because it occurred to me because I dropped my phone and I was like, son of a cunt. And I'm like, that's not a normal swear, but I say it all <laughs> the time. And then I was like, I think I wonder if other people have unique, weird sw- swears that they like. 
No, I'm pretty traditional. Uh-huh. I think mine's got to be fuck. I say um, son of the bitch a lot because I think that's funny. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was but- on the phone with a coworker on Friday. Not the phone. I was on a Teams video call and and I didn't have my earbuds in. And he acts, he said fuck. And he has like a lot of kids. So he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know you're like, you're working from home. I'm sorry. <laughs> and because he could hear my kids in the background. And I said, oh, don't worry. It's fine. They're related to me. And I was like, we say fuck in this house. <laughs> don't we? And Lincoln goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an awful mother. <laughs> Dude, I, I have never, I have never been able to curb my swearing for mm-hmm. like there was never there was never even a moment where I was like maybe I'll be like this saint that doesn't swear in front of my kid uh-huh. absolutely not, which mm-hmm. is ironic Same. because my kid did not like was terrified of swearing until she was like fourteen. <laughs> awesome. My kids let out a couple on accident. I think it's funny. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know though. Like swears now, but I mean, not a lot. But she she nothing. does it in the right places, which I find hilarious coming from her. That's great. Um, there is nothing like a good tongue lashing, if you will, in Spanish. Like that will get mm. you like, mm-hmm. like son mm-hmm. of your fucking whore mother. Yeah. Okay, say it. Tell us. Tell us. Yes. Wait. Oh, um, I don't like to because my <laughs> voice sounds weird. Uh-huh. What would that be? Hijo de tu pinche perra madre. That's what my husband will say mm-hmm. when he's playing freaking Black Ops or whatever. I'm like, dude, it's playing video games. It's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. I love other languages swears. Like, America... Our, like, American English is not... What the fuck? No. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Our English is not very creative. Other languages are way Mm -hmm. more, like, descriptive and way worse. Like, why would Mm -hmm. you... Why would you if you had that option? So I can totally Uh see that, Robin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. but often, I'll, like if I drop something or whatever, son of the bitch, that's what I say. Yeah, I you like do it. say that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I also like you lint liquor. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. I do. I do say things like fiddlesticks. Um, unironically. I don't know where I picked okay. it up, but I've cheese done it for rice. years and years. Yeah. Yeah, cheese and rice. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm not even religious, but I have been known to be, to do the uh, Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. <laughs> oh. <sighs> okay. Are we, are we all chatted out? Do we have anything yeah. else? Yes. I'm tired today. All right. Well, let's kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. I was going to say, it's me. Like I do every time. I'm surprised. I'm in shock. Okay. 
We start our journey prolonging with Simon. He's returned to his mom's house to try to explain everything and restart the relationship. He's met with protective sigils and adornments on their front door, and he knows that his vampire glamour has since worn off. He tries to call for his mom, and she responds by telling him to go away, icing the cake by saying that he's just some demon that stole her son's face, and she'll be damned if her daughter gets wrapped up in this. At the sound of the knife door opening, Simon leaves, receiving a phone call from Clary getting him up to speed about what went down on the rooftop. We quickly buzz forward two weeks later. Clary has been through multiple mortal sword interrogations, and she's waiting in Isabel's bedroom for the council's, council's, yep, verdict on if she's guilty or not. During the waiting, she replays the moment that Maris had found the shattered coffin and all the blood on the rooftop. All the attempts to track Jace have failed. Clary's been grounded from her patrol, and she feels helpless. Quick to the plot, Alec arrives and tells the girls that Clary's been cleared of any wrongdoing, but the council has decided to suspend the search for Jace due to more pressing matters with the wards at Wrangell Island. This makes the Jace fan club angry, and Clary decides that she's going to use the bell that was gifted to her by the Seely Queen to see if that bitch might have some answers because it was suspicious that she got it on the same night Jace disappeared. Suspicious. The Lightwood siblings are in after a quick debate whether the clay was able to glean the whole truth out of the fairies during questioning. The kids go downstairs to make excuses and leave, and we see Amatus and Luke. We get some top-tier Daddy Luke moments before he tells Clary to have fun with her friends, giving her the permission she needs to leave without arousing suspicion. Clary meets up with Isabel, Alec, Aline, and her girlfriend Helen. Aline is always slightly bitchy, and this interaction is no different, but we loves it. Helen excuses herself to go chase after her younger brother. During their conversation, Aline tells Izzy that her dad puts his name in for Inquisitor, which takes her by surprise. Aline thanks Alec for kissing Magnus in the Accords Hall because it gave her the courage to talk to her parents, who have decidedly taken a don't-ask-don't-tell approach to her sexuality. Helen re-enters the chat. I know. My eyes rolled. Uh, Helen re-enters the chat with her younger brother Jules in tow. He's acting like a toddler. And takes a turn asking them how many siblings they have. It's a poor subject for the Lightwoods, who recently lost Max, and for Clary, whose brother returned from the dead and potentially kidnapped her ex-brother lover. (laughs) It's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Oh, you guys. So this first part of this chapter, I was struggling to figure out what POV it was in. And I think it was written as straight third. I don't think it was... Okay omniscient or whatever because we didn't get any like feelings from anybody it was all very like straightforward in that first little chunk anyway neither here nor there maybe i just wasn't paying enough attention i might not have been reading it super closely but i I thought i did (laughs) i think i thought it was in simon's but i don't so did i remember but i was like technically i don't know but anyway. I knew that it wasn't going to be what I had to do, so I just read it really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mine, I, I listened to it, and it was a couple of days, like, <clears throat> like Friday or something. Yeah. So Simon, um, damned soul and all, is waiting patiently on the stoop of the institutes because he can't go in, barely <laughs> avoiding the der- torrential downpour while uh, when the... Bleh, when the gang rolls out to announce the verdict, Clary is cleared of all charges. Thank God. Um, but the clave has essentially given up hope of finding Jace. They're like, yeah, he's 
you know, resources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have better things to do than worry about this guy whose last name he can't decide on. Like, <laughs> Right. And he's just a child. Not that that. <clears throat> yeah. But of course, this won't do for our heart sick heroine. There is a bit of banter between like Simon and Alec because like Simon's trying to diffuse the tension and he attempts to recite the clave motto but instead he fumbles it and says kiss the cook and Alec's like mm, cute but not funny <laughs> right <laughs> so moving on uh, to the good stuff no one is surprised by the adults in action this is a YA series after all if the adults did anything then we wouldn't have a series um, right uh, so, they don't need the clave. Clary has got a plan, obviously. Um, she quickly fills Simon in on her dealings with the terrifying entity that is the Sealy Queen and explains her intent to cash in on the favor in order to find Jace. And Simon's like, I don't like this plan. <laughs> <laughs> but his cons- I don't think anyone loves it. <laughs> no. His concerns are overshadowed by the fact that, like, when he says he doesn't like it, the first thing he brings up is, like, she made you kiss Jace. <laughs> They're like, bro. And he's like, that's that's what you're hung up on? Like, <laughs> Of course it is. It's like, have you seen that movie, The Lorax? Uh-huh. When they're deciding whether to plant, plant the tree or not. And the guy's like, let it die, let it die. Let it shrivel <laughs> up and die. So yeah, super subtle. Um, so of course, Simon wants to go along, right? Because he's like, well, I mean, you're not going without me. I don't agree. I don't condone what we're doing, but I'm still doing it with you. But FOMO. <laughs> Which FOMO. Is, was exactly what Robin said every time I drug her out to do something when we were teenagers. <laughs> She's this like, I want fair. you to know that I don't approve of this. Facts. That's facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, where are we? Oh. oh, yeah. So Simon's like, yeah, I'm not human anymore. So, like, I'm not too concerned about what this bitch is going to do to me. Uh, and Clary agrees. But she's like, yeah, actually, having something shiny and novel, like a daylighter with the mark of Cain on him might prove to be a bit of a boon in the Sealy court. Like she likes to collect things. This might be helpful. <laughs> She's going to slughorn him. <laughs> I feel like she is. <laughs> She's a little bit like, maybe I can whore Simon out to get my boyfriend back. My boyfriend's back. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> okay. so, Had to. You did. She assessed their little quartet, Simon, Alec, and Izzy and Clary, uh, noticing that someone is missing. And she's like, uh, where, oh, where is Mr. Magnus? I'm going to read this this excerpt from the book because it's naughty. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Clary glanced past him and asked, where's Magnus? He said it would be better if he didn't come. Apparently he and the Sealy Queen have have some kind of history. Isabel raised her eyebrows. Not that kind of history, Alex said irritably. Some kind of feud, though, he added, half under his breath. The way he got around before me, I wouldn't be surprised. 
<laughs> Cannot drop it. Bro. Izzy is like, I'm not letting this slide. <laughs> like, absolutely yeah. not. We're done. Yeah. So she, she like, drops back with Alec to, like, chastise him. Um, <laughs> uh, and the rest of them um, venture off into the night to meet with the Sealy Fairy. The, the Queen of Fairy. Like, it's no big deal. That's totally normal for 16-year-olds to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Simon does a bit of eavesdropping on Izzy and Alec, um, which he it's like he starts eavesdropping when they like stop at a crosswalk. And then like as soon as things keep going, he's like, oh, I can't hear them. I'm like, I thought you were a vampire. You can hear everything. What are you talking about? You can totally Preach. hear them five feet behind you. Uh-huh. There's no way. <clears throat> so but anyways, he's eavesdropping on them. Um, and Izzy asks her brother, like, what do you think about dad applying to be the new quizzy? Like, what is, what's up with that? And Alex seems rather <laughs> indifferent. He's like, I don't know. It sounds boring. But Izzy, on the other hand, seems to be struggling with the idea of her father moving to Idris. Um, Alec reminds her that he practically already has. So, yeah, I just, okay. When I, I remember reading this and being confused about who was saying what. In that conversation. Because with everything Izzy knows, you'd think she'd be like, kick rocks, bitch. Yep. Yeah. But it is her dad, so maybe she's offended that he didn't at least tell her first. Well, and he's a family meeting. He's abandoning them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the fuck? Make all these mistakes and then you're just going to take off? Well, not only that, but like at a time where they severely need him... To help them cope with the loss of their brother. Like, I obviously, he lost a son. You know, that's devastating as well. But when you run away from your problems, you just create more for your, the rest of your family. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Cherish the children you have instead of running away from them. But. Say lovey. Ouch. I feel like that's what he would say. Ouch. <laughs> <Yeah>. Got me. <laughs> So at this point, Simon stopped listening and turned his attention to his clumsy bestie. Uh, she definitely needed him more than he needed to continue spying on his ex-girlfriend. Uh, Clary's behavior since Jace's disappearance was a little more than concerning. Uh, not the least uh, this new plan to seek the favor of the Fae. Like, he's like, this is... Clary's not exactly acting like Clary. <laughs> Not that she's rational on her best day, but shit is getting dark (laughs) and desperate. As Simon assesses her, he realizes that Clary is, like, growing up. She's, like, harder since the war and or the battle in Broslin Forest, whatever the fuck. Um, And, you know, she's carrying herself differently. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, shit, she reminds me of Jocelyn. Like, I just, I just level like she just leveled up in front of my eyes and didn't even see it which sidebar for me this is proof that simon has always had a crush on jocelyn like <laughs> this is proof that this is canon that's hilarious has got it going <laughs> okay listen i did like this made me perspective this book mm-hmm. how long has it been since city of bones six months Cause he's like she was taller. Yeah. 
Like, she was noticeably taller in six months. I don't... But, like, she's starting to wear some of Izzy's shoes, and now she's taller. He's just not paying attention. That sounds more... Yeah. (gasps) Well, especially because Clary's never described as anything but short. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, if she was... Well, and also, she was, like, 15. It was her 16th birthday, right? At the beginning of City of Bones. Uh Uh-huh. Well... I don't know about you, but I stopped growing before I was 16. Uh-huh. Same. We were just talking about that the other day. Yeah, I was like mm-hmm. 12. Um, yeah. I could see her walking differently. Yeah. Different like attitude. Different. Yeah, carrying herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even, because he's like, oh, she looks older, mm-hmm. which could, like, we keep reiterating in this chapter, Clary's very tired. She's very exhausted. She yeah. looks very hard. She's gaunt. She's pale. So I could see that also, like, yeah. mm-hmm. she looks. But rough. the one that got me, it's just she's noticeably taller. I lies. Yeah. But now what Amanda said is the truth. Yeah. She's just got a pair of Izzy's platforms on. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. So where are we? Okay. So Clary gave her friend one last chance. Her friends one last chance to back out of this incredibly stupid idea before she rang the bell. But they're nothing if not loyal. <laughs> They're like, nah, we've got you. We got you back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're port keyed or transported, whatever, um, which Clary describes as feeling like being on a high velocity merry-go-round, um, which I'm surprised no one has blown trunks. Like, they're like a little dizzy when they land, but then they're totally fine. I don't know. I feel like that would fuck with your equilibrium a lot more. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so they land in this, like, corridor in what I'm assuming is the Sealy Palace. It's underground, right? Yeah, because uh, all of Fate Fairy is underground, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. It's, like, under the hill, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, by far, Fairy has the best aesthetic at first glance, Like, the walls are gemstones, and everything's organic and beautiful, but then shit turns dark when you realize that, like, the curtain you've been admiring is made from real butterflies sewn together, and that flutter, that wasn't wind, that's just some of them still alive. This place is a fucking palace of nightmares. It is. (laughs) It somehow reminds me of Splash Mountain. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, it's all happy and stuff, and then you're getting to the top, and it starts getting scary. We'll never forget that feeling the first time I went on it. I was like, oh, my God. The music turned. Like, do I need to be actually scared? <laughs> <laughs> I was. mean, I was scared. I am into the cottage core mm-hmm. thing with it, but just not the dark. Yeah, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Not, you, you, you like your cottage core without the sight of torture. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, I, I'd like to omit the creepy <laughs> torture, please. <laughs> so Meliorn arrives, admonishing Clary for him her impropriety, because when they got there, she was just like, hello, dumb hole. <laughs> She's like, Marco. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. You can't just go around asking people hello. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
exactly how he sounded. Yeah. So then he like instructs her instructs her on how to like properly address the queen. And she's like, the, the queen's not even here. Like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, dumb bitch. You, would, you wouldn't have been brought here if she wasn't ready to fucking receive you. And she's like, oh, I guess. How was I supposed to know that? I feel like someone needs to like grab her shoulders and shake her and be like, she's a fucking queen of an entire realm, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you're 16. That's fair. She's like, she's like timelessly ancient. <laughs> like, that's horrifying. She's like Dolly Parton, okay? Yes. <laughs> Except like if if the Seely Queen was entirely pure of heart. Right. Then she'd be like Dolly right. Parton. Right. Right. This is right. true. Uh, so um, he whisked them off to this chamber where she's lounging like in on her dais in her, on her little chaise lounge. She's like, oh, yes. The commoners are coming. So uh, they do their greetings and everything. And Clary makes sure to ignore Meliorn's instructions. She's like, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. She just jumps right into it. But the queen isn't about to let that slide. Like, let it slide. What she's like trying to do an about face. She's like, ah, mm, didn't you tell me you weren't interested in my help? Like... Make you beg for it. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> yeah. So she makes clear. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No. I was gonna say, didn't um Meliorn's like this is how you like greet servants, but and then that's how well, the way the queen well met. the queen greets them. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just funny that it's like one more like yeah you're nothing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm gonna start <clears throat> greeting people like that. By the way. Well met. <laughs> Well met. I feel like that would be so. It's very obnoxiously creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it feels almost like something you would say when you're leaving, like "it was nice to meet you" sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. But it's like I'm saying this now because I want you to know that this conversation isn't gonna last very long. (laughs) Right. I'm in charge of this conversation. I'm already saying goodbye. (laughs) Uh, so she makes clary squirm a bit reminding her that she'd rejected her offer of help i already said that uh but clary didn't come to play uh she came to get her man i'm gonna end on a quote from the book things change clary said the queen stretch out her legs luxuriously very well what is it you want from me i want you to find jace lightwood in the silence that followed, the sound of the will-o'-the-wisps crying in their agony was softly audible. At last, the queen said, You must think us powerful indeed if you believe the fair folk can succeed where the clave has failed. The clave wants to find Sebastian. I don't care about Sebastian. I want Jace, Clary said. Besides, I already know you know more than you're letting on. You predicted this would happen. No one else knew, but I don't believe you sent me the bell when you did the same night Jace disappeared without knowing something was brewing. Well. Yep. Brew-ha-ha. Listen, if all it took was her boyfriend getting kidnapped for Clary's, like, to start thinking like a badass, like, 
Clary of two books ago would not have the confidence to go toe to toe mm-hmm. with the queen like this. I'm surprised she even does now. Me it's too. Crazy. Me too. I, I think it's a little bit of like sleep deprivation and hallucination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. She just does not give a fuck. Nope. Not a single one. Uh, okay. You guys, before I start, I have to adjust and I'm sorry. So cover your ears because my microphone has to move. Oh, that's so much better. Okay. So Kristen ended in a quote and I'm going to start off with a quote. It's the same passage. I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have to read it just because it feels on brand for our interwebs show, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. So perhaps I did, said the queen, admiring her shimmering toenails. Fucking of course she is. I've noticed the fair folk often say perhaps when there is a truth they want to hide, Clary said. It keeps you from having to give a straight answer. Perhaps so, said the queen with an amused smile. Mayhaps is a good word too, Alex suggested. (coughs) Also, perchance, Izzy said. I see nothing wrong with maybe, said Simon. (laughs) It just reminds me of that meme that I sent you or whatever that was like the thing about Mario and he's stomping toads or whatever, perchance. It's just That's what it was, turts. This feels like us. (laughs) That's right, it was turts. Sorry. Stomping turts. Stomping turts. Go out to murder turts for oh. chance. Oh, God. Uh, this just seems like something we would do. Absolutely. Us in this yeah. kind of a scenario, we would be, this kind of fuckery is all yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what else do you do when things are way too serious and you need to calm that shit down? Uh, make you jokes. You make jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Always if I ever get kidnapped, I've got so much material. It'll be like a (laughs) stand-up. Except you won't be able to because you'll be tied. Ah, she got burned. Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as you would expect, would have suspected, the queen is totally annoyed with them and probably us. So she just moves on saying that she doesn't trust Clary and she calls her Valentine's daughter. Um, I think I probably would have just moved on too. And I think it's hilarious, by the way. (laughs) I just, I don't know. So anyway, um, she says that she doesn't want or need anything from Clary. So this kind of seems like a one-sided deal and she doesn't do that. That's like not her jam. (laughs) So Clary's like, dude, you literally had that chick bring me this bell the night Jace went missing. So what's up? So the queen gives in. She's like, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Gotta stay true to myself. You know how it is. I will want recompense. And listen, I really wanted to find like kind of a more fun, funny word instead of recompense. So I went to my trusty thesaurus and it suggested bus fare. <laughs> what? Yes. What? Bus fare. <laughs> Is that something? You know how they kind of slowly get away from the word and so they turn yellow instead of orange? Yeah. Yeah, it was yellow, but still it was there. Okay. I was what? like, 
I was like, is that some sort of, like, weird, like, old-timey fucking... Right? <laughs> like, pack Dude. a lunch sort of thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but recompense is so good, it's fine. It is. it is, yeah. I mean, I really couldn't find a better one. That's why I just thought I'd tell the story. I, I just love it. Had, I've That's quoted, fair. like, thrice, so I didn't want to use her word, but it worked. Oh, that's, I mean, yeah. nobody yeah. knows that except me. Okay, good. Thank Nobody you. else freaks out about it except me. Yeah. I switched mine three times because I said the same word in the same paragraph. So I had to go change it. Paragraph. Awesome. Uh-huh. Okay. So Simon is like, oh, shit. Didn't see that coming. You would want something in return? That is just crazy. Bananas. <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> And so Alec laughs, of course. And so she's getting, the queen is getting so irritated. She just reacts to Alec's laugh and turns him into an old man. (laughs) (laughs) And she's throwing some quotes that hit him hard as Lincoln, my four-year-old, would say, you hurt my heart. I know. It's so cute. Anyway, uh. He's obviously taking it hard because of all that shit about him getting, you know, he's been shower thinking nonstop for weeks about getting old and all this stuff. And um, the queen is like, well, will he, this warlock even still love you when you look like a California raisin? Probably not. <laughs> what so was Alex we already gets- did that. Never mind. Never mind. The big daddy <laughs> quote with his old ball- wrinkly balls. Yes, I know. That's where I was going. And I was like, no, I'm picturing a raisin. So I actually called him a prune to start with, but Mm. it wasn't as entertaining. So Alec starts to have a panic attack because of obviously all of that stuff that's been on his mind. And um, Izzy tries to calm him down by reminding him it's just a glamour. But then she also starts to kind of freak out and she's like yelling at the queen to take it off. You're not helping the situation, Izzy. You're making him more anxious, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) So the queen is like, bitches need to behave then. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's what happens when you don't respect me. And so Clary apologizes for the whole group and she asks the queen to talk about how, oh, (laughs) she and the queen talk about how amazing and respectful Jace is. Like (laughs) the queen just has to point out he's always so nice and respectful when he's there and blah, blah, blah. Claire's like, yep. It's kind of like when you get a teacher, like the class, the period before you would have never acted like this. Yep. Yes. Don't cool. Cool story, (laughs) bro. Cool. Yeah. We are not them. Nope. (laughs) So finally, the queen gets to it. She wants a super powerful set of rings that belonged to her father or her father made them, or they were made for her father, something like that. Anyway, they were fairy-made, and they allow the fairies to talk to each other through their minds like the Shadow shadow Brothers. God damn it. <laughs> Silent <laughs> Brothers can. But here's the catch. They're on display at the Institute. Mm. So obviously she can't go get them. And Izzy realizes she knows exactly what um, the queen is talking about, and Clary's like, uh, I don't know, like, that kind of sounds like burglary. That's taking things a little far. You want me to rob the Institute. But don't worry. The queen reassures her that it's totally fine because they actually belong to the fairies. So she's really just doing the right thing and returning them to the rightful owner. 
And Claire's like, got it. Got you. I'm in. So she agrees on the condition that the queen helps them find Jace without using the word perhaps <laughs> or any of the above listed words they suggested. <laughs> and um, so she gives Clary her word that her help will be invaluable. And of course it will be because I, that's obviously a trick as well somehow. I don't know how, but uh-huh. it is. Mm-hmm. So they kind of grill her on why she didn't tell the clave anything when they came to question her but just like they thought the clave didn't ask the right questions and she was just straight up with them fairies aren't trying to piss off jonathan morgenstern and make an enemy for no reason so why tell them the truth when they answered the questions correctly like why offer extra so of course this encounter can't end without some more fairy speak and so the queen tells them as they're leaving that basically this whole roller coaster with jace might change him like he might not be the same person that they know after this is over (sighs) but of course she says it in totally a a creepy way and by the way I know that you guys had said who the actress is that plays her in the TV show Mm -hmm. Uh and I really really like her and so when I'm reading this that's who I picture and I've never even seen her in this I can just see her being so good at this Sarah something Anyway. I'm into the TV show one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I she'd think be good. Also. All right. So our first POV after this event. So that is what I literally said. So maybe Kristen's right. We didn't have any POVs. I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, this one is Alec. And I love that because we don't usually get much from him. So anyway, he's getting to Magnus's apartment after finishing dinner with the group. Honestly, Izzy had to persuade him to go but he needed the distraction and a breather after being turned into an oldie you know he just needed to like breathe that one out for a few minutes and um I have to add also that he's talking about going into the apartment and like the neighbor next door and stuff but I totally pictured Magnus living in a brownstone I don't know why I just did there it is there so anyway (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) Alec has a key to Magnus's apartment um, so he doesn't have to wait outside and um, we get you know his thoughts about the neighbors like I said like their on again off again relationship hold on anyway he gets to the door real quick what didn't Magnus live in a warehouse I feel like it was just an industrial area of the city maybe okay. okay maybe it was like industrial turned like lofts or studios or some shit. That's what I would think. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I did picture it to be industrial inside, so that all sounds legit. I'm just Uh going off of his I just didn't picture them going in a building to go to the party. I Uh -uh. pictured it outside. Oh. Yeah, and this is like a hotel entrance, not a motel entrance. Okay. (laughs) What's the difference? Okay, so... For some damn reason, when Alec gets to the door, the apartment door is slightly cracked open. And I think that's weird. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they were texting and he knew Alec was coming. But he has a key. So, like, I don't understand why we went through all of the key thoughts just to get the door wide open. Wide open. Whatever. Anyway. It sounds like Magnus also changes the decor all of the time. Because Alec notes that he's never really sure how it's going to look. And today we have minimalist vibes. 
and I'm into minimalist, which I think is funny because at least one of you is a maximalist, and I think that's hilarious <laughs> that we're so different. <laughs> I think both of us are there, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I I love to collect shit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like clutter, obviously. So I'm into it. Um, so Magnus, while he was waiting for Alec, was working on figuring out that design that was on the rooftop where Sebastian was. And I'm sorry, I have another quote, but I have to. Another hilarious. He says, how was the Sealy Queen? Same as usual. Raging bitch then? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Alec gave Magnus a condensed version of what happened in the fairy court. And um, so Magnus says that he's worried about Clary that she's getting in over her head and Alec can't blame her though. Like, can you blame her? I feel like that's how he said it. (laughs) (laughs) He's still a little old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's still got that left in him a little bit. His fingers are still a little wrinkly, you know, like when you get out of the bath. Yes. They probably just look like mine. I have old lady hands. Anyway, Magnus starts to get a little spicy after hearing Alec say that he couldn't blame her. And he pulls Alec closer, asking if he is saying that he would do the same thing for him. And I don't know why, because I was really into where this was heading, but Alec changes the subject and starts (sighs) talking about the drawings on the table. Rude. Rude. I don't... So far. (laughs) What are you doing? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you... Get your priorities straight, Lightwood. Yes. Yes. So, so far, Magnus can tell that it's an old black magic. It's not anything that he's ever seen before, but that's pretty much the extent of it. So he kind of like looks at it funny and then asks Alec to hand him a snuff box that's across the room. And when Alec grabs it, he notices the initials WS that are like in diamonds on the top, which is so bougie. I freaking love it. And of course, he thinks it's Will. Because that's all he can think about. But thank goodness he keeps that shit to himself this damn time. And instead he asks what the box is used for. Which is a very good question. Thank you. And he asks if it was for snuffing people out. And (laughs) Magnus is like no. It was really popular in the 17th and 18th century to keep tobacco in. But I just use it for a junk drawer now basically. And so um, when Alec hands it to him he adds... Never mind. That was not where I was going with that. Anyway, (laughs) Alec randomly asks Magnus um, how he feels about Camille being out there. Like, is it bothering you that she's like loosey goosey out there? She got away. (laughs) And Magnus is like, eh, she's always been out there, right? Like, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. So then Alec asks if he had loved her back in the day. And Magnus says that he thought he did, which obviously we know that's true definitely uh-huh but taking a page out of tessa's book alec asks more questions so he asks if camille loves magnus and he's like i don't like i doubt it <laughs> weird question okay sorry one last quote from me she wasn't very pleasant the last time i saw her of course that could be because i've got an 18 year old boyfriend with a stamina rune and she doesn't <laughs> Uh, 
such a cute chapter. Anyway, so obviously Magnus um, completely distracts him, you know. And I started writing that and then I go to look at the book and I'm like, oh, wait, that's literally what Alex says. Like, he's (laughs) distracting me. Yeah, (laughs) he's good at changing the subject. So then it makes Alec think about how Magnus does also look 18 in this moment, even though he is clearly either 400 or seven years old, 700 years old, (laughs) clearly 400, 700. Yeah. (laughs) It's like your time frame when you're waiting for the cable company. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. They give you like eight hour window. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Listen, guys. Magnus takes out some thumbtacks from his junk drawer snuff box. I don't know. I'm imagining it very small. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Me too. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. Like six by six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No bigger than that. Yeah. And my grandpa used to call his chewing tobacco snuff. <gasps> okay. Yes. So I knew what that was without Alec needing to ask. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, he. Listen. He takes the thumbtacks out and he like puts them into the printout of the black magic rune onto his freaking table, which I guess Weird. that's what happens when you have stuff that you can just like switch out all the time because you have magic. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Thumbtack into it. your table. Yep. And he's officially made his murder board phase one. <laughs> Looking at that. He notices Alec looking like a sad boy, and he asks if he's doing okay. Like, you look pretty melancholy there, kiddo. Mm -hmm. And Alec decides to answer physically instead of with words, and he, like, pulls Magnus out of his chair to get more smooches, is what I wrote. And I felt like that's something Amanda would say when I wrote it. (laughs) He was a pout-pout fish, but now he's a smooching kiss fish. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A kiss-kiss fish, right? Yeah, thank you. That's what it is. And Alex, so they're, like, making out or whatever. And, like, and Alex, like, boy, oh, boy, am I one sleepy little guy. Be a shame if someone didn't follow me to bed. Eh? Nah? (laughs) (laughs) But Magnus is able to resist his lightwood charm and tells Alec he's going to investigate Discovery for another five minutes. Minutes? Minutes? I don't know why I said that. These guys need to get on bored with each other man i know right well, it just so happens to be the same five minutes my kids take when they need to finish something real quick before bed uh-huh. it's those five minutes yep 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 mm-hmm. and that's it for those the boys mm-hmm. next uh we pop over to clary and simon who are just returning to luke's house from food and clary is like shushing simon and i think it's more because she wants to avoid a conversation versus she's home too late like i think i just mm-hmm. think she wants to slip in unnoticed Anyway, Simon goes to her room and Clary gets a glass of water, which makes me wonder if Luke still has the tepid room temperature carafe on his sideboard. Like, is that? I think that's only for guests, Robin. Come on, the old old man water may may or may not still be there. I it it would make no sense if it wasn't still there because if that's the way Uh he carries himself in his home that's the way he carries himself in his home i hope he at least like puts a piece of mail over it or something so the dust doesn't get in because you know you leave a drink on your nightstand a water there's dust in there in the morning he gets dog hair in it from when he changes (laughs) you mean person slash wolf hair yeah Yeah. have some respect Kristen. so sorry 
<laughs> Listen, I had a Rottweiler. Their hair found its way everywhere. Every in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? How did it happen? Sounds like my worst nightmare. It was awful. Yeah. How our English know. bulldog died four years ago, and there's still some hair in our house here and there, like <laughs> you know, in crevices of the couch and stuff. Yeah. Uh. No. Yep. Okay. Just so you know, I had to bring up the carafe, but she's in the kitchen, so I doubt he has it there. It was just, yeah. Anyway, while she's in there, she overhears a conversation between Luke and Jocelyn. It sounds like they're having it in the hall. Like they just stopped on their way into the bedroom to have this intimate conversation so that right. Clary could perchance, perchance, and they're whispering here. So it's uh-huh. like, yeah, just go in your room. Yeah, whatever. I love it. Anyway, her mom is upset. Because she birthed evil incarnate. And she blames everything that's happening to the child she actually wanted on herself. Fuck that first one. Now it's messing (laughs) things up for Clary. And Luke is playing supportive spouse and trying to make her feel better. Reassuring her that there's no way she could have known that Sebby Downer was going to turn into this giant monster. Okay? And Clary has an intrusive thought. About murdering her mother, murdering her <coughs> big brother in his crib. <laughs> a little violent. And she decides to like dock it, shake it out, and then just go back in her like dock in her room and hang out with her bestie. She's like, "Ooh, that was intense." <laughs> Keep that one to myself. Wow, that just happened. Oh, murdery in there Whew. a little savvy <laughs> so simon's sitting on her bed playing with his ds shocker i know <laughs> i know you were really surprised that simon was playing a handheld video game <laughs> in a scene mm-hmm. and he asks how she's feeling and um at that statement she decides that now would be a good time to disassociate into her memories Okay, that's what she's going to do at this moment. And she's reminiscing about her Monday life that she had spent in the room that they're in, in Luke's house. And Clary is taking over what had once been Luke's guest bedroom. And she'd like tried to decorate it to make it a little more teenage girl, a little less midlife bachelor. Yeah. We get some good symbolism where Clary's describing the things she has in her bedroom from both her old life and her new one hunting shadows, including a copy of the codex and a new globe that shows where Idris Elba is. Fancy new globe. Um, lest we forget, we are talking, sorry, I said that wrong. Lest we forget the walking, talking literary device, Simon Lewis, who is Clary's very own Hannah Montana. The best of both worlds. <laughs> uh, and I, I know this is in her POV, but mm. it's just crazy how even the way she's viewing slash describing him has to be about her. She is just born to be a star. She has big yep. main character energy. Mm-hmm. Like the whole reason Simon is written in this chapter in this moment is to further her. Agenda. Character development. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy, girl. Crazy. Crazy. And um, Clary must be a fast daydreamer because they don't miss a beat, diving straight back into their conversation about how Jocelyn isn't doing so well. 
And Simon immediately backs up Luke's argument that her mom is blameless, adding Clary to the list of blameless Fairchilds as well. He knows that she's feeling shitty about leaving Jace on the rooftop, but Simon reminds her that so did everyone else, up to and including his pair of brotai. And who knows if shit would have gone sideways if she'd stayed. Like, things could have been worse if you were there. Mm-hmm. And Clary answers with a maybe. She's like, maybe. And, and she just got all those good thesaurus words. She should have said mayhaps or perchance. Come on, yes. Clary. Mm-hmm. Anyway. She then, like, just starts her nighttime routine, which we have to get detailed at, and I don't know why, mm. but whatever. And she thinks about how she's made a habit of avoiding her reflection because she feels like she is looking pale and weak. And she can't let that get to her because she has to stay strong in order to find Jace. So she comes out of what is probably maybe an attached bathroom. I don't know. And um, Simon's pulling the blood he took to go from Takis answering our question in City of Fallen Angels about if like you could get cups of blood to, to go. So there is seriously no excuse for him to go on hungry. Like mm-hmm. th- that was just dumb. Yeah. Could have yep. went there anytime. Anyway, she offers the fridge, uh, but he says cold blood is worse than room temperature blood, although warm is best. Uh, however, he isn't going to heat it up in a saucepan because Jocelyn might not like that. She just might not be into it. I don't think she would okay. care that much. You, why? I don't. Right? It's animal blood. You cook with animal parts. I, I don't. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's the difference? He just warms it up in the microwave. Oh. Yeah. Just put a just put a paper towel over it. There. No. Absolutely. I, listen. <laughs> I'm no vampire. But there's no way. That blood in the <laughs> microwave is better than blood on the stove. I'm sorry. Oh, listen, listen. I know this is not related, but this got me thinking. How do you like to eat your pizza? Because I prefer my pizza cold. Like, I like it. I, if I could buy a pizza, put it in the fridge and eat it the next day, that is what I would do with it. Ooh. That's weird. Yeah. I. Do you mean reheated or like, fra- like I like a freshie, obviously. But if you're going to heat it again, are you going to reheat it? Are you going to put it in the microwave? Are you going to put it in the oven? Are you going to eat it cold? What are you going to do? I mean, if if I really, like, whatever. But no, mostly, yeah, I would just eat it room temperature. Because I don't put my, I don't put my pizza in the the fridge. It goes back in the box in the oven. What are you asking for? We've done it my whole life. Yeah, I've never gotten sick. We've done it my whole Mm, life. You got that, mm, you got that Flavel stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poor kid's stomach. There's not enough room in the small fridge. (laughs) I put mine in the microwave for a short amount of time to get it warmed up a little bit, and then I put it in a pan and like crisp up the crust. You be fancy. Yeah, it's freaking. It's just like it was. It's delish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm glad to have known this about you. I'm not a fan, like, I'm not a fan of, like, hot pizza, like, when it comes out. I like to let it sit for a while until it's, like, warmish. Weird. I don't really like melty cheese very much. Mm -hmm. I like it to solidify a little bit. It makes me gag. So that's why I like it when it's cold. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, especially, and we do Hawaiian pizza here. Mm -hmm. And I just, the pineapple tastes better. And it's just so good. Now I want pizza. Thanks, guys. You're officially welcomed. Okay. 
anyway, um, forgot where I was. Okay, they're talking about the blood and the sauce, heating it up. Mm. Oh yeah, and that makes Clary think about her asking Simon how Jordan feels about, like, Simon's blood digestion, I guess. Which whirls her into another thought, and it's about Simon staying with her since the second night that Jace had gone AWOL. And her first night alone was, like, super awful. And we know Cassie loves a dream foreshadow, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to read this, okay? In the first few days after Jace had disappeared, she hadn't been able to sleep. She had piled five blankets over herself, but she'd been unable to get warm. Shivering, she would lie awake, imagining her veins sluggish with frozen blood, ice crystals weaving a coral-like shining net around her heart. Her dreams were full of black seas and ice flows and frozen lakes and jace, his face always hidden from her by shadows or a breath of cloud or his own shining hair as he turned away from her. She would fall asleep for minutes at a time, always waking up with a sick, drowning feeling. Okay. Sounds awful. It does. And after her first interrogation from the council, she came home and, like, went straight to bed and she laid awake for hours until her vampy friend climbed in through her window a la twilight. And they laid in bed, shoulders touching, and Clary was like, oh, my God, what is Izzy going to say about this? That was so annoying. I know. And Simon tells her that Izzy was the one who sent him because she knew Clary was having a hard time sleeping and once again we're taking this time as a public service announcement and some respect to remind you that Isabel Lightwood is the OG ride or die have some respect on her name yep 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 thank you that is all well and Uh, I love that even though Izzy has proven that she and and we've seen her immaturity when it comes to emotional intimacy and her issues there. It is amazing that Izzy is the mature one to be like, I can differentiate between intimacy and sex, which is honestly Uh the flip side of her, her trauma and shit that she deals with. She can look at that and be like, obviously she needs someone to be there to support her. And that's not a weird thing. Not that Izzy... Izzy and Simon aren't together right now, right? I was just going to say, yeah, obviously that gives us a little insight to their relationship, too. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Things are are unsaid at the moment, I think. I know. And so, remember, that was her daydreaming again while they're in the middle of a conversation. So we're going back to the now. Mm -hmm. And Simon answers her question about Jordan um, by saying he doesn't really care about where he puts his blood or how he drinks it. And now we quote for the jaw, jaw, jaws, okay? <laughs> Jordan doesn't really care about the blood, Simon said now. His whole thing is about me being comfortable with what I am. Get in touch with your inner vampire, blah, blah. <laughs> Clary slid next to him on the bed and hugged a pillow. Is your inner vampire different from your outer vampire? Definitely. <laughs> he wants me to wear midriff-bearing shirts and a fedora. I'm fighting it. Clary smiled faintly. So your inner vampire is Magnus? <laughs> <laughs> love it oh, speaking of Magnus guys uh, the whole interaction reminds Simon that he brought Clary a gift of some brand new hard to find manga and I don't know why I put speaking of Magnus on there 
I don't know what that was for. It was three o'clock in the morning, probably. <laughs> when I wrote this, so you're just gonna have to live with it. <laughs> uh, Clary thinks to herself that once upon a time she would have thrown her arms up and been like super excited to receive the gift, and now she's having another moment where she's peeling the layers off from her old life and shedding her skin into the new one. And so far, in my opinion, her decisions have basically been around staying with Jace. Like, that's kind of been the whole thing the whole time. And although scary, like the SSV Tang, the war, all that stuff, it was scary. Um, She always had him within her reach, within her grasp. And now the reality of uh, what the Shadowhunter life looks like without him is weighing on her. Especially, like, there's probably a nagging voice in the back of her head telling her that Jace could be dead. And she's going to have to go on living this way without him. Mm-hmm. So, like, this whole chapter has kind of just been one big metaphor for Clary coming into her own yeah. in this scary new hunter of shadow life. Yeah. And she hops in bed and tells Simon he's amazing and thanks him for coming to the Sealy Court. And he tells her that she did great handling the queen, even though I really don't think she did, personally. Mm-hmm. And then asks her if she's really going to steal the rings. And she's like, yes, during the local conclave meeting tomorrow, everyone's going to be distracted. It is the perfect time for a caper. (laughs) And Simon tells his Biffle that he's not into the plan because uh, fairies, I put friars. That's what I typed. Fairies are liars. (laughs) Friars are liars. Anyway, um, they're or rather misleaders. Like, obviously, they can't lie, but, you know. And Clary tells him that under normal circumstances, she wouldn't get mixed up with the court, but she's desperate. And if Simon were missing, she would do, he would do the same. Like, if Simon were missing, she would do the same to find him. And she's sure that he would do it for her. And Simon's like, yes, yes, of course. Don't worry, boo. I know how you feel. Um, You see, when my dad died. And of course, Clary's like, Jace isn't dead. But Simon knows that. And she's interrupting his sentiments. Rude. And what he's trying to say is that grief makes you feel lonely, but she doesn't have to feel that way. Simon and her friends are there for her always. After all this time. Mm. Well, always. (laughs) Always. Uh, Clary answers to herself that she, like, in her head, she's like, I believe you, but I don't really see if that matters. Like, I don't know why it matters. (sighs) She then, like... I know. She knocks his shoulder and tells him that she has a serious personal question to ask him, which is if she accidentally kicks him in the shin while they're sleeping, is she going to get kicked in the shin sevenfold? I hope so. Yeah. And then Simon laughs like that. Narf. <laughs> and then she, she tells him, she's like, go to sleep, Frey. Oh. oh, my go God. I love that Clary can be like, can show so much growth and so much confidence in one scene and then be someone that I want to drop kick repeatedly in the next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds like a real life teenager. So yes, it oh, does. that's fair. Well, uh-huh. and, yeah. Although, sorry, go ahead. We were insufferable too. So I mean, like I get it, mm-hmm. but it's not as fun anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like she put on almost like a mask. Yeah. At the Sealy Court. I'm going to be uh-huh. this person and be brave and do all yeah. this action. So I have to. And now that she's back with Simon, she can return to her yeah. weepy ways. 
She's comfortable with him. She can be honest and vulnerable. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Blah. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So make sure that you read chapter three, Bad Angels, for next week's episode. I like that title, finally, for one. All right. Before behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.